Um, and I wanted to, I thought we'd throw it open and discuss as a church, what were you challenged by at Easter? What were you encouraged by at Easter? How did Easter, what was God saying to you at Easter, this Easter time just gone? Um, did it, God challenge you on a particular thing? Did God remind you or encourage you? Or what did you take away from Easter this year? As a church, we did some, we did a bit of looking at how awesome God was and we looked at the life in, life in the spirit and we looked at the superiority of Christ and how we need to transform our thinking. And then at Easter, we looked at uh, Jesus on the cross and the political nature of the crucifixion and how Jesus was focused solely on doing God's will. He didn't play the political games around him. He didn't get involved. He just focused on what God wants me to do. And then on Resurrection Sunday, we talked about the resurrection, the hope that it gives, and also why we needed Jesus to rise from the dead. It wasn't just a case of, well, he's God's son and he's dead, therefore he's going to rise again, let's all move forward. No, no, we needed Jesus to rise again. And so we discussed that. But what has... What, what have you been getting challenged with? Mark's going to have a microphone. If you could wait till Mark gets to you. Um, so that, because we are recording this, so um, it'll still get put up on the website. But what, do you, what were you challenged with this over Easter? Anyone want to start off? Easter this year was very different for us because we were in isolation because of COVID. And so the biggest thing that we took out of that I took out of that was the fact that it is so important to be connected. Easter has always been the most important uh, part of the church year for me with Christ's death and then the resurrection. But to not be able to share that with the community and our church family was a really isolating feeling. And so we've I felt very disconnected at Easter because of the isolation. And I think a lot of people feel that way in other ways because of the COVID situations as well. And so I think we're all suffering through that isolation and, and disconnection feeling. Thank you. Um, what I get out of Easter, um, I look at the two services we generally have. I wasn't able to make it to the second one. But the first one um, was about the morning that we have, you know, with, with Jesus' death. And the Sunday, it's the celebration. And um, it always makes me think of those dear ladies who were coming to the tomb early Sunday morning to anoint and put all those lovely perfume spices all over Jesus' body. And uh, they, were, they were terribly, you know, depressed. And they were wondering how they were going to open the tomb, you know, move that Lincoln boulder, that huge thing. It didn't occur to them they should have been looking to the soldiers, who weren't there anyway because they'd run away. And, um, and, and so when they realised they didn't have to open the, um, open the tomb and move that thing, yeah, they, and then they looked in and there was no body there. 
And um, and it me- reminds me of that verse, I believe it's in um, Psalm, I think it's something like Psalm 90 verse 11, Thou hast turned my mourning into dancing with thee. If it's not Psalm, it'd be not, it would be... Um, no, it's, it's definitely Psalms. <laughs> um, and, and I thought that is that is really sums up Easter. You know, you start out mourning because you know the death of Jesus and what he had to go through for us, and and what he went through himself with being separated from his father. And then on the Sunday morning, he ro- he he was resurrected. He rose to life, and um, and that would be just so. You know, they'd be just about dancing on the way back to tell the rest of the disciples. Anyway, that's what I get out of Easter. Thank you. Isn't it funny, a bit like what Gwen was just saying, where the women went to the tomb on the Sunday morning to um, give Jesus the, his, his proper burial, not really knowing how they're going to move this massive boulder, but when they got there, God had already moved it for them. Ironically enough, Jesus wasn't in the tomb either. But how many times in our life do we not try something because we overthink it and we don't step out in faith and let's just start this and we'll figure it out on the way only to find that when we do do that, often God's already gone before us anyway and taking care of things that we had no idea how we're actually going to take care of but God's taking care of it. But if we didn't step out in faith, we would never have known in the first place. I'll try and keep this short but you preached a powerful message a few weeks ago on the transforming power of what we need we need we need to be transformed by the power of God's word not conformed by this awful world this sinful world we live in and what we're saved from but the world we have to deal with and live in every week where we come here of a Sunday morning and have a bath together in God's glory and worship him. Easter has become a tradition of men. Have you noticed? It's become like Christmas is treated. It's just a great time to get together with family, have a good time. No, my saviour died for you. The power of the cross is what Easter is about. And then the message last Sunday, if Jesus did not raise from the dead, we are pitiful creatures believing in fairy tales. My Jesus is real and the world needs him more than ever, brothers and sisters. Bless you. Um, Since mum moved in, um, I found it more challenging. (laughs) And um, because I'm... I thank you to the Lord that she forces me to get up and do things. <laughs> and over this Easter break, I do need help with a lot of things because I'm getting older, as you know. <laughs> and um, it's challenging. Easter was really challenging this year for me and my mum because of having... Dad in Estia, and um, it was really challenging this year because of COVID, and, and it makes me think that 
um, people that got COVID over Easter and can't go out to celebrate Easter. And like Wally said, everybody is thinking of me, 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 Easter egg, Easter egg, me, me, me. And not Lord, Lord, Lord. And um, the Lord comes first before the Easter bunny, the Easter egg, and other things too, even before me and for us. And um, really, I really love my Lord for doing the things for me, for my family and all my friends. And thank you, Lord, for helping us all. Thanks, Anne. So it's certainly been a very meaningful time over Easter, our own services here, and um, I, I am able to watch some other services on, um, online by YouTube, and uh, we are so privileged to have just access to so many great resources. But I was struck on Good Friday when Andrew went through um, the, uh, the crucifixion of Jesus and... His outcome was, um, which person do you, who do you identify with? You know, um, people reacted in so many different ways to Jesus. And um, through KYB, we've been privileged to study the Gospel of Mark through Term 1. So I felt that we were really prepared for Easter and to see the life of Jesus, our servant King, all that he... Um, you know, it went from <clears throat> all the adoration of the crowds and they were just after him for the healing and the miracles and all of that. And then to see people, um, you know, come to the conclusion that Jesus had to be crucified. But So it's a warning of how people can be manipulated by leaders. Um, I felt, you know, for Pilate that his, uh, his main motivation was that he wanted to stay in the good books with the people and with uh, Caesar. So even though he said Jesus, there was no fault in him, um, he carried through with those awful plans. But um, yeah, we know that ultimately there is the good news of Good Friday and that we can really um, share together on the... Yes, as Andrew said, without the resurrection there'd be no gospel, there'd be no hope, there'd be no eternal life. Um, but it's not just the resurrection of Jesus, it's us that we can look forward to eternal life forever in our home with, um, with our Heavenly Father. So I'll give him thanks and praise for that. Thanks, Sharon. Most of you know my life story. I won't go into any of that part, but it was a very black time. Gee. Okay, thank you. Um, you're getting to know me here, but I turn 85 in a month's time today. And this Easter hit me. I had, the, had it in my head, but somehow this Easter, it became a very personal thing. I realised that um, the world seems to be a bit like the Easter eggs. They look nice on the outside, but everything's empty inside. And somehow I, I had this wonderful exhilarance on 
Easter Sunday here of how beautiful the world is when we have Jesus walking with us. And all the things I'm going through at the moment, I've got to go for a new driver's licence, I've got to have all these tests done to make sure I'm still stable out there. And thank God I am. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He keeps me pretty good. But it, it was just a wonderful piece came to me this Easter in knowing who I am in Jesus and that he lives in us. And it, it's no longer I that live, but Christ in me. And so I praise the Lord. It, it came with a greater fullness this Easter than before. Thank you. One of the big challenges for me this Easter has been, I've been reading through this book, and, and as you know, we went through, we had a look at John's account of the crucifixion and, and resurrection. And... I was reading this book talking about uh, Jesus' death and resurrection and how in the first couple of times that Jesus appears to the disciples after his resurrection, there's not a lot of interaction between Peter and Jesus for the first couple of times. So then you get to John 21 and Peter and a few of the other disciples decide that they're going to take off fishing and they spend the night on the water fishing and if you remember John 21 they spend the entire night and they catch nothing and then Jesus comes along in the early morning and says how are you guys going and they go well we've caught nothing and he goes throw the net on the other side of the boat now we're talking experienced fishermen so they would have tried every side of the boat over the course of the night but Jesus says, chuck it over that side and then the net's too full, 153 fish to be precise. <laughs> and at that point, Peter Cotton's on, this is Jesus, so he jumps out of the boat and runs through the water, sort of thing. And many people, the two challenges that come out of that story for me over Easter is firstly, the fact that the disciples went back fishing. If you think back to when Peter was called, what did Jesus call him to do? Be a fisherman of men. Come and join me and I will make you a fisherman of men. And after Peter denies him three times, feels like the utter failure, what does Peter do? I'm going to go back to my comfort zone. I'm going to go back to what I know and where I feel safe and that is out on the water in a boat fishing for fish and it's kind of ironic that in amongst that picture on Peter retreating back to his comfort zone how many fish does he catch on his own efforts zero zip zilch nothing but the second Jesus comes along what happens the nets aren't big enough to keep all, hold all the fish they catch and then and how many times, I've got challenged, how many times do I do that? How many times do I fail God? But instead of going to God, to Jesus, I try and sneak back into my little comfort zone. And I try and withdraw from God and kind of go back to what I know to be okay and safe. And then God comes along and knock, knock, knock. 
How you going? <laughs> so that was the first challenge for me. How many times do I retreat from God after all that God has done for me? And then the second one is the interaction between Jesus and Peter after they had had some food. And Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter replies, yes, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. That happens three times. And the challenge God's given me is, how much do I love God? Do I love God enough to show it and live it out to everyone else? Even when I'm not perfect, I'm not close to being perfect, I make mistakes every day, I try to retreat back into my little comfort zones where I know I'm safe and God continually drags me back out again. How much do I love God and how much is my love for God being shown by loving other people? They're the two challenges that I have this week. And so as we wrap up our little open discussion, let me challenge you that if you thought haven't really been challenged by Easter so far this year, and it sounds like many people have in various ways because God's a, God's a personal, awesome God. Let me challenge you with this. Are you trying to sneak back into your comfort zones and withdraw instead of going forward and spending time with God, meeting God? He'll meet you and he'll journey with you, doesn't he? doesn't matter where you're at, doesn't matter your past, where you're at at the moment. God doesn't care. He already knows. <laughs> he's not waiting for you to tell him. He already knows all that, but what he's waiting for is for you to go, hey, let's try again. Let's try again. Now, at this point, I'd say get into groups and let's spend a little bit of time in prayer together in your group. But look at the chairs. <laughs> You're already in groups. So how about you spend some time praying about Easter, about your challenges, and thanking God for what he did at Easter. And then after a little while of prayer, we'll come back and uh, we'll have our last song. If everyone wants to uh, finish up with the praying, with their groups. Uh, Mark, you had, you had a thought. We're on, we're on, yeah. Just one little thought too, it, it's an encouragement from Easter, the thought that hits me, hit me after we heard the messages from Andrew, which are really great, taught from an early age about baptism. When we get baptised, we 
we go down in the water, we die and we identify with Jesus, and we come out of the water to a new and resurrected life. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And it hit me that sometime after I die, who knows when, my grave's going to be empty too as well. I thought, isn't that great? There's actually going to be quite a few of them. I don't know who out of us lot are going to go first or last, you know, and how many years we've got left, our time's in God's hand, but I'm going to have an empty grave as well. Hallelujah. It's a great thought, isn't it? Well, I'm going to turn it over to Doug now, and we're going to have a finals, our final song, which is nothing but...